Amen. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. How many are thankful that you made it through 2020? I released a, a church update uh, a couple days ago, and I saw that meme going around. Uh, 2020, it's this little wave. You can just go to our Facebook or whatever. And 2021 is this much larger, it says 2021, this bigger wave. How many know, no matter the size of, of the wave, there's a bigger Savior? There's a bigger, bigger Lord, a bigger King on the throne. Come on, someone say amen to that. No matter what comes our way, there is a king. There's one who's faithful. There's a one who has a habit of splitting the seas, parting the waters, and delivering his people. How many are thankful that he has the habit of coming through? He has the habit of delivering. He has the habit of of saving and rescuing. It's more than a habit. It's his nature. How many know that Jesus' very name means he will save His people, the Lord will save. And so when we say his name, it's way more than just a lyric to a song. Jesus and his name and the nature behind the name is this endless, vast reservoir of all that we would ever need or desire. The psalmist says that he contains all of the fountains All of those things that we would ever need, they find their place and their source. The the fountainhead is Jesus Christ. So, Father, we we come in the name of Jesus today. When we, we come and we posture ourselves as students of you, as your disciples, we thank you for your word. We thank you in particular for the gospel message that is weaved on every page, the good news of what God has promised, fulfilled, and is going to bring to final consummation through the work and activity of his son, Jesus Christ, and through a people who are given over to him and his purposes on the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So open up your Bibles. Um, Someone's going to go and turn those lights on for us here in just a second. Um, Get your smartphones to Luke chapter 9. I was just so uh, overwhelmed as I started a new year in the Word this year. And and, uh, how many know that the, the Word is always a good choice every year, every season, every day. How many are thankful for the scriptures this morning, for those life-giving words that Jesus said in, in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 24, all of those words point to him. All of the stories of the law and the prophets and the Psalms and the wisdom literature, all of it points to a person. And so as I was reading through Luke's gospel, the first thing I was struck by was many have said 2020 was kind of a stormy year. Have you heard that? Say amen if you've heard that. The rest of you who didn't say amen are lying. It was a bit of a storm. And if it wasn't one thing that was causing Hurricane level, gale force winds, it was another thing. 
And it's so amazing in Luke chapter eight, before we get to our passage, where Jesus told the disciples, we're gonna get to the other side of the lake. And remember the story. What happened? As soon as they start moving in that word and that promise, what happens? Come on, help me, give me the answer, somebody. A gale force storm. In fact, Luke's version says that water starts filling the boat. And if you, who's, who's ever been on a boat? Someone help me out. I'm not a, mar, a mariner. But uh, it's a bad thing when water fills your boat. Can we say amen? That's not, that's not functioning according to design. <laughs> and somehow Jesus is able to sleep through the storm. So I don't know if that means that Jesus was just taking a break in 2020 and was just resting. But he's able to sleep through the storm. And what I found and what struck my, my heart and pierced me with, with a great sharpness, how many believe that the Lord's word and his words in particular, they're like a sword? Amen. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. It's sharper. Someone say sharper. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And as I was reading, I was amazed that the Lord gave his word and the storm didn't change the word that he spoke. Now, you don't have to read very expensive commentaries to understand that point. I have a lot of commentaries and software and study material and I use them, I love them, but I just was reading and I was thinking, huh, when storms hit my life, the first things that usually go are the assignment that I received and I start to go to survival mode. Am I talking to anybody? His mission and his purpose gets blurry and the storm gets really big in my view. Anyone, anyone in this room or online? And whereas Jesus already released his purpose before the raging storm, he said, we're gonna get to the other side. Therefore, no matter what comes his way, he's able to sleep in the storm because he knows no word, it's already been said in the Christmas story, Mary, no word from God ever fails. And if he said on the banks of the shore, pre-storm, we're going to get to the other side, he is able to sleep in any storm because he knows his word is true. And it's amazing, the disciples are just freaking out. There's no other way to put it. The water's coming in. There's a storm. It's scary. There was, this was a gnarly year, 2020, for many of, many of you have way deeper storm stories than I will ever comprehend. So it's not to trivialize any one's storm or journey. But what's amazing is when they wake Jesus up, all he has to do is say a word and the storms are stilled and he rebukes the disciples and say, where is your faith? And I said this so many times, I probably can't count. You can go back to the podcast. Storms don't reveal something new about you. They reveal what was already true in you. Are you tracking with me? They don't, it's not like, oh, whoops, I didn't know impatience was there. 
Oh, whoops, I didn't know self-righteousness was there. Oh, whoops, I didn't know that self-reliance was there. Oh, whoops, I didn't know that my peace was directly tied to my provision. Oh, whoops, no, storms, all they do is bring what's already deep inside there to the surface. So if you look at it that way, how many are thankful for the storm? Why? Because humans are experts at being deceived by their own heart. How many have ever lived under the illusion of your maturity or your faith or your faithfulness until a storm hit and it was like a divine invitation to reconsider and to get new eyes to see the true condition so he can do his deeper work in you? That's a good word. That's a good word. And so 2020, for many of us, for me, it wasn't like, oh, whoops. It was okay. So that's what he's working with. So how many know I want to build on what he revealed, what he shifted, what he sifted, what he pruned, what, he's, what he cracked open so that 2021 he can establish his purpose in a deeper way inside of me. So he can establish and build something that can stand the other wave that's coming. How many know there's more waves coming? It's just a fact. It's not being grumpy or sad or pessimistic. It's just truth. And 2020 was this amazing opportunity for so many of us who claim full allegiance to Christ where those other things we were banking on and looking to, they weren't able to withstand the storm and so we're left in a boat, but praise God, in the boat there's the king. And when he says, where is your faith, it's not a rebuke without a remedy. Oh, that was good. Ooh. It's not a rebuke without a remedy. It's an invitation to reconsider, to reset and re-sign up. Where is my ultimate hope? Where is my ultimate allegiance? Where is the place of my ultimate trust? How many know I would take the odds of Jesus in any boat versus any storm any day of the week? Jesus with us. And so he says, where is your faith? And then they say, who is this? How many think we've ever misinterpreted or misunderstood how great, glorious, grand, and grace-filled Jesus is? How many think we've ever, A.W. Tozer, the great writer, theologian, pastor, says that might be Ann C.S. Lewis, the greatest problem with humanity is a low view of God. Right? Because how many know we live out of a vision of something, and if our vision of the quote-unquote ultimate source is low, then how many know the rest of our life experiences the low ebbness of that vision of how great, glorious, and grace-filled and good our God is? So when he says, where is your faith? It leaves them with a question. Who is this guy? How many want to reconsider who is this guy in 2021? How many want to go on a journey of rediscovering the centerpiece of our very faith, Jesus Christ? The one who has authority over sickness. Come on, someone say amen. 
the one who has authority over sin to forgive. Come on, someone say amen. The one who has authority over weather patterns. Come on, someone say amen. The one who has authority over the demonic realm. Someone say amen. I want, I, want, I want, when he says, where is your faith, Chatty, in 2020, and now it's a new year, and where are you gonna anchor? Where are you gonna anchor? Where are you gonna make your home? Where are you gonna rest your head? And when I ask, what kind of man is this? I want to follow that question up with a quest of a greater discovery of how great Jesus Christ really is. And so as I shared in my update video, Psalm 65, there is this beautiful invitation that the psalmist saw a day when it wouldn't be a tribe, when it wouldn't even just be one man from that tribe. It would be all people would make the quest to come before the Lord. And how many know if 2020 taught us anything, it's that none of us can afford to live vicariously through someone else's faith. None of us can afford to live on the coattails of someone else's history with God's. None of us can afford to live out of someone else's relationship with God. The word became flesh so that all flesh could know, abide in, and love and obey the word. This is why he became flesh, because he wanted to make all people have all access opportunity to come themselves and discover what kind of man this is that even the, wind, the winds, the waves, and the water obey him. Come on, how many know that, that the only, okay, how do I say this? Well, how do, here's how I'll say it. How many, how many ever saw a pattern through the gospels that whenever a demon met Jesus, they knew exactly who he was? <laughs> remember, hold on, remember? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. I mean, it's every passage. The, the demonic realm has no fuzziness as it pertains to the identity and power and authority of Jesus. What's amazing, what else is amazing? That the winds and the waves and the waters had no problem identifying the true source and authority over creation itself when Jesus spoke one word, peace. Who is this that the winds and the waves obey him? What's so amazing about Jesus is that the, the, the only ones where obedience isn't a shoe in and where understanding of his true nature and identity isn't, isn't a given is with his image bearers. We're the only ones who are left with, who is this? Man. And we're the only ones who can give him what he ultimately desires, which is reciprocated love, <laughs> reciprocated relationship. I say this all the time, nothing moves the seeker more than the seeker being sought by those he sought after. Yesterday I had an amazing day. Uh, my wife said she's gonna run some errands and six hours later, come on, someone, that was supposed to be a joke. I knew, I told her, it's not like she needs my permission. She, she was well deserving of the hours away from home. But it was incredible. My, my, two, my little Ethan was asleep. And no screens, no TV, no nothing. I didn't promise them candy or cookies. But Benjamin and Caleb, my four and six-year-old, were in my lap and 
we weren't doing anything. I just, we were just talking and one by one, and this doesn't happen, okay, in the Bohai house. First, the four-year-old, you can just go see it on Instagram or whatever, but Benji tanks out. Before I notice, he's not kicking his feet anymore, and he's, and then a few, literally a few seconds later, I look to my right, and my six-year-old, I don't know the last time I gave him a nap, both my big boys are asleep in daddy's lap. And I literally was, you know when you cry and you kind of shake on accident? I was just overwhelmed. You know where I'm going. I was overwhelmed with, there was nothing that daddy would want more than my sons to be secure enough to rest in their father's love. Well, there wasn't a need for a sucker or for a show or for a YouTube or for a, like, come on, parents, am I, or grandparents, am I talking a promise of a cookie? Or <laughs> It was two sons with their father, and I was just overwhelmed. Again, I'm, I'm supposed to preach Luke chapter 9. Maybe I won't get there yet, but something of that story in Jesus in the storm God was working on me yesterday as I was just thinking. Jesus was so confident of the Father's activity in his life, the Father's leadership in his life, that he could just sleep through any storm. And as I held my boys, and they were just sawing logs, Dad, Daddy was being ministered to in a profound way. How many know that if you can sleep in the arms the Father, it might be the highest, truest expression of trust and faith. Where you can let all guards down. How many know when you're sleeping, you're defenseless? You're open to the, the extremities. You're open to the storm. You're, but when you're sleeping in the right place, how many know John 10, that Jesus said that those that my Father holds, no man can ever pluck them from his hand. And if 2020 did anything, is it shook us to the core of where we lay our head. Where will we rest? And how many are thankful that Jesus, when he rebukes me or us for our lack of faith or our incons come on, inconsistent faith or our Faith that has 50 conditions. If you do this, 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 and this, then I'll trust you. How many are thankful for a new year to say, God, no matter the storm, I'm anchoring my faith and my hope and my trust in one alone, in Jesus Christ. Oh. He rebukes us in his love. And he gives us another chance to respond and go at it again. I love New Year's for that purpose. How many are thankful this morning for another year, for another day, for another opportunity to put our hope and our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ? Mm. And so maybe let's actually just land the plane there. I'm not gonna rush through a really good message. Maybe just ask him, find yourself in that story. 
in Luke chapter 8, which I'll just read. Maybe grab your smartphone or your journal or your Bible. I'll just read it really quick. And just say where. I, I put this. And yes, they all have S's. That's how my brain works. Alliteration. I think in alliteration. It's how God made me, so take it up with him. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let's go across to the other side of the lake. Verse 23 of Luke 8. So they put out and when, while they were sailing, he fell asleep. A windstorm swept down on the lake and the boat was filled with water and they were in danger. They went to him and woke him up shouting, master, master, we're perishing. And he woke up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased and there was a calm. He said to them, verse 25, where is your faith? I love this. They were both afraid and amazed. Who's been there? <laughs> How many could take a healthy dose of both? Healthy, holy fear and awe and amazement. And they said to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? And here's what I put. Storms have the unique capacity to reveal the ultimate source of your faith. And what is the source of your faith? Four things. There's probably more, but this is what I got on my prayer run this week. What, that, what it is that you look to for security. Everyone say security. For sustenance. For significance or for serenity? <laughs> Don't you love that? Where, where, how do I know what I'm faithing in? Well, what that which you look to for your security, for your sustenance or your provision, for your significance or your purpose or your identity, or your serenity, the ultimate sense of your wholeness, of your peace. Faith stands at the crosshair of those four different quadrants. Security, sustenance, significance, serenity. How many know there's only one center who is capable to provide for all four in all four directions? Come on. Jesus. He's the only source who will never fail, fizzle, or falter. For your security, this is why Jesus is able to say, I'll show you who you should fear, not those who can kill the body and that's it, but fear the one who not only A, knows every time a sparrow falls out of a tree, B, knows how many hairs are on your head, and C, has power not just for your body to be destroyed, but for your eternal destination. Fear him. How many know if Jesus is your security, you are secure in him? This is, the ways, this is why every apostle from Jesus on, their orientation towards suffering and looming death was one of considerate joy. Come on, how many know if your and I's faith is anchored in the ultimate place of security, what can anyone do to us? Sustenance, provision, 
His very name, he is called, one of his many, many names is, the Lord is your provider. How many have ever been a recipient of the Lord's provision? Logical question. If he did it once, can he do it again? And if he did it again, can he do it again and again? Come on, somebody. And if he did it again and again, can he do it again and again and again and again and again and again on into Jesus Christ says that I am, he said, I am the bread of life. Those who eat of me will never go hungry. Drink of me will never be thirsty. And then he goes on to say in John 6, those who live by feasting on my abundance, they're the ones I'm gonna raise up in the last day. So our security and our sustenance and provision, they find their source in Jesus. And then significance, oh. How many have ever felt like finding your identity, your purpose and significance has been like a perpetual moving target? Or am I the only one? I'm significant if they see me, if they like me, if I'm welcomed in that circle, if I have that title, if I have that much stuff. How many have ever felt like, man, I could never get to the place or arrive at the place called significant? Whereas the good news of the gospel is I heard it said once that the cost someone is willing to pay for something speaks of its significance, its worth, or its value. So answer me this, church. If the father thought it was worth it, that you were valuable and significant enough to him that he would, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, empty the treasury of heaven in the life of his son to redeem and ransom you for himself. Does that speak of your eternal worth, value, and significance to the one who paid it all through his son? So I'm significant. Why? Because he died for me. Because he created me. Because he doesn't make junk garbage or throwaways he makes image bearers that he made for himself for love so security sustenance significance and then serenity because it started with s this really means wholeness or thriving or peace or calm i'll take all four (laughs) how many know there is no joy like the joy of the lord No, 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 no. I'm talking about a sense of wholeness, flourishing, peace, joy that is not tied to any external thing but him. How many want Jesus to be the source of that this year? Come on. How many want to un how many want to detach from other things that you were looking to for peace, for wholeness, for a sense of well-being and you want to hook into the vine Jesus Christ? So that you can draw that calm, that peace, that flourishing and that joy from Jesus Christ and him alone. So where is your faith? The storm reveals it. Where I look to for security, sustenance, significance, and serenity. And the invitation as we start 2021, baby, is to find all of those fountains in him. Where is your faith? That's what Jesus asks us on this first Sunday of 2021. 
So just take 30 seconds, maybe get your journal, get your smartphone. Think of the four S's, security. Thank you, sustenance, significance, serenity. Maybe just make a quadrant and just in, for 30 seconds, just reflect with me, even those online, grab something you can write with. And then hear the question of Jesus in the middle of a storm that was just calmed by his powerful word and answer his question to you, where is your faith? Just look at his eye, look at his beautiful eyes. Who, he, listen, the son never, he didn't come to condemn, but to save, heal, restore, and deliver. So he doesn't ask with a scowl, but answer his question, where is your faith? Let's just take a minute. And maybe bring all of those questions that you asked in 2020. I love how honest the gospels are. Master, we're gonna drown. We're not gonna make it. We're in danger. Maybe bring all of those questions you had and maybe you still have and just lay them at the feet of Jesus. How am I gonna make it? What if it doesn't pan out? Bring all of those burdens, lay them at his feet this morning. Right in the hull of the ship, right in the boat. Where is your faith? And how many would want to just stand right now as an act of consecration and response? You'd say, Chatty. I want to anchor my faith. I want all four of the S's. I want them to find their fountainhead in Jesus Christ. If that's you today, just a fresh commitment as we start this year. Would you stand on your feet and say, Jesus, my faith is in you. My trust is in you. I love how Luke 9 will get there eventually. It goes on where the, the man, remember he brings his, in Mark chapter nine, he brings his demonic, demonized boy who's sick and the disciples can't heal him. And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. So maybe today you just be honest before Jesus and say, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. I wanna trust you. So when Jesus asks you this year, no matter the shape, size, shape or size or manifestation of the storm, Jesus will always be in the boat and he'll always have the same question, where is your faith? <laughs> and what is your response going to be once and ongoing? Our faith is in you. Our trust is in you. Our hope is in you. We look to you. We latch on to you. We, we may only have a mustard seed, but you said a mustard seed could move mountains and silence the lie of the accuser. One word can still storms, can change the story. 
So Jesus, we say at the cusp of a new year, rather on the flow of a brand new year, our faith is in you, Jesus. Our hope is in you. We anchor all of those things in you, in Jesus' name. You know what I love about storms? You can open your eyes. All of those things you thought were necessary now become objects of throw overboard. We don't need them. How many want to throw some baggage overboard? How many know that there's a gift to every storm? It's an opportunity to simplify. How many could use some kingdom simplification? I don't need this, this, or that. I need, I need you. I need this. And we're good. Right? I love that. I love it. It's at the end of my notes there that, that storms give us an opportunity to simplify. And Jesus could say singularly that the only ones who can build a house on a rock that can withstand any storm are those who hear my words and put them into practice. How many thankful that it's not easy, but it's simple? Amen. So Father, I'm just so grateful for this word. I'm so grateful that you are the source of our security, our sustenance, our significance, and our serenity or our peace. I thank you that you, you've lovingly brought us through 2020 and you're going to cause us not just to survive in 2021, but to thrive. I thank you that the word you spoke on the edge of the water is a word that will carry us all the way through to the other side. I thank you that your mission and your objective does not change depending on the size of the storm or the situation or the circumstance. You have a mission and a purpose and you've included us in that mission and purpose. And God, we say say, that's what next week's gonna be all about. Thank you for including us in your epic story. Come on. Because the very next chapter, he sends out his disciples on a mission, on a purpose to go be his ambassadors but we'll get there later. So Lord, right now, thank you for building us up in our faith in this very first Sunday, for anchoring us here in this reality called faith in Jesus Christ. And come on, I'm gonna declare this as a benediction. Even when we are faithless, it says in 2 Timothy 2, he is faithful because he can never disown himself. So even when you feel like your faith is waning, Take a cue from Jesus, rest your weary head in his chest, take a nap and get up and conquer the storm. Come on, someone say amen. Sometimes it's not about striving, it's about resting. When you're rest and replenished, you'll have what's, what you need to speak to that storm instead of being whipped around by that storm. I'm preaching again, but I didn't mean to. So Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for releasing that posture of rest that posture of trust over your people in this hour. I pray that we would be a community in this, on, in this in person and online, that we'd be able to look at each other in the eye and just ask the simple question today, where is your faith? If it's anywhere else but him, let's, re, let's reconsider and let's get our eyes back on Jesus together. In Jesus' name, we all shouted amen and amen. I love you guys. Happy New Year. We will see you next week. Where is your faith? Come on, someone say Jesus. Where is your faith? Jesus. If you need help following Jesus, come on up.